welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hello, superstars, and welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today, I am joined by Word Up podcast favorite, Michael Wan. Uh, I had the great pleasure and honor of meeting Michael Wan in person, finally, maybe a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back. Time is also elusive these days. And Michael had a, a really interesting, mystery-rich road trip, which is what brought him out here. Um, And so he wanted to come on the show and help, you know, just pick apart the pieces and process some of the weave 
that uh, came online during that podcast. As always, you know, we get to talking about so many out there things and lots of questioning of this realm and this reality construct. I, I always love my conversations with Michael Wan. Before we dive in, I'm reminding you to click that subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment, to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. It is the best way to stay abreast of my offerings, my courses, my books. You'll get advance notice of, um, said courses and webinars, special discounts. I have been posting um, supporter-only content there. Uh, reminding you to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com so you can stay abreast of my every next podcast drop, course, live event, book drop, etc., etc. Um, all of that comes through my newsletter, which I don't actually send out that frequently, but it's just the best way to ensure that we get to stay in touch and that Google doesn't accidentally unsubscribe you from my channel. Uh, also reminding you that this podcast, like all my podcasts, with the exception of maybe two, um, is divided in halves. The first half is free for the public on all the audio podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube and locals. The second half is reserved for my paying supporters on Patreon and on locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half content. Um, for anyone who is interested in the podcast that I do with Emily Moyer, that is now hidden behind a paywall just because we have a tendency to get strikes and, and to get videos taken down. And we're finding that it's easier to just keep them a little bit more private. Um, words is available on words podcast.locals.com, but it's also available for my $10 and $10 and up subscribers on my own personal locals and Patreon. I only share that to keep you in the loop so that you know what the options are. If you are considering supporting me for the first time, just wanted you to know $5 a month um, is the minimum to get you access to my second half conversations. If you're wanting words, nudge it up to $10 a month. It's still cheaper than, you know, two green juices. Also, depending on timing of when this is dropping, I am leading my very last ever pop propaganda homeschool course for teens, September 13th through December 6th, Wednesdays, 1 to 2.15 p.m. So as you are interested, click the link below to register while there are still spots available. I think that does it for housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy my conversation with Michael Wan. Like, what do you mean when you say the bioweapon? I think I'm referring to what other people refer to as FOVID-19. Oh. Oh. I, I, I hold the personal opinion. I hold the personal opinion. I don't even think that it's a thing. I think it's 100%. I think it's 100% a, like, the, the literal definition of, of a meme, a mind virus, and it's just purely hypnotic implant because the symptoms are so general. There's no test. Like, all it is is, like, you know... That, that's my opinion as it relates to that whole thing. I don't even think it's a bioweapon. I think that's half the story, too. But who knows? Well, I'm with you. I don't think it's a thing, which is why I was annoyed when I got a thing. Because, mm -hmm. I, you know, like, I don't even you were get feeling cold. Well. I mean, I got 
knocked on my ass. I think my sense is that it's a cover for them to target certain people with very specific bioweapons, but now they have this umbrella cover that like kind of gives them more leeway to fuck with some people. That's my sense. And admittedly, I am prone to some, you know, historic conspiratorial thought patterns. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, first off, it's like, it's such a great umbrella. Um, And I'll still, I, one of my one of my favorite times in the last 20 years was when the fovid became became uh like when it was first released as a mind virus on the public it was the first time i turned on regular news like i was like i got to see this i got to see how they're presenting it and all sorts of stuff um but you know here we are 3 years later and it still is like it's a very very effective like uh tool in the toolkit for being able to to like flip on a switch for a large percentage of folks that's and they my, can do all sorts of different things with it that's my sense is it it's yeah. the cover for a lot of um switch flipping and when i look at like even being in boulder at a gene keys thing when i had been avoiding crowds and cities for such a long time like there's an aspect of me that sees like oh that's an obvious way to target me. There's another aspect that's like, you're delusional and crazy to think that that's even happening. Like I see all sides, but it annoys me because I've honestly gotten sick more times the past three years than I have the past 30 years. Mm, Yeah. Like, uh, I don't even like to use the terms. I mean, this is where one of the things which I, which I admire so much about your approach is your understanding of words and and the and the words we use so i don't like to use the i won't ever say that i'm sick or anything like that but what i will say is i'm not feeling well i certainly my body's not feeling well at times like there's a truth to that and i and i'm often stuck with the question it's like if i'm not feeling well you know if i'm going through a period where i'm not feeling well in my body like you know what is what is the cause? You know what 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 is happening here? Is it something which is truly coming from within? Like I need to slow I need to slow down, or there's something else going on. I don't know, but um, yes, like like how to go and balance not feeling well and then understanding the cause in a realm which is so folk or a paradigm, a paradigm which is so focused on saying like there's germs out there. There are invisible things which you can't see that people in white coats will verify and sell you um, uh, uh, medicine. Well, actually, they don't even sell it to you because they're going to give you they're going to tell you that it's really expensive, but then they're going to give you like a mechanism where you get it for free. So you're like so excited, like this expensive stuff, which would normally be a thousand dollars a bottle you get for a twenty dollar copay. So you're excited to be able to take it like the whole thing is such a is 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 such a grandiose sort of like um, mental exercise for the person who goes through it. Like and then how do you manage that? being aware of how that system works. Like that's, that's tricky still for me. I agree. And that's why I'm like, th- I have a lot of reticence around this one. Cause I've avoided the Western medical paradigm this whole time, the whole time. Um, and then, yeah, if it, if it is like a MRSA type thing, as you know, from experience that it, it like, that's, what's frustrating. It's like, there's my mental understanding of this as a realm of frequency. And then there are some sort of like bacteria or things that seem to be harder to kill or eject from my body. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, isn't there like... There once was upon a time that I spent a lot of my energy in understanding like the both mainstream and then um, uh, uh, alternative understandings of like being sick and how the body works and all of that. And I've since just thrown it all away. I'm like, I'm not going to think about anything. <laughs> However, that creates a problem when I suddenly want to go and, and, and have a model in my mind of what goes on in the body. Um, so so what I do, I don't even know where I was going to go with this one, but I will say this is I remember reading once about how in like somewhere in the East in the ancient times, like the idea of cutting open the body was just an abomination. Like, you know, any types of surgery or, or anything like that. And like, you know, that's where all energy medicine, you know, acupuncture and so forth, like originated. Um, and yeah, I guess going back to, to being able to think about the body i don't even know it's possible anymore to be like indoctrinated in the system which we were born into and to have a truly a clean a clean view as to what this this physical mechanism which we're experiencing life through uh actually is yeah i feel like there are all these distortions like even pooping and peeing i'm like this isn't an efficient system like it slows me down throughout the day like this should be a self-regulating thing that doesn't require toilets or toilet paper or all like it just feels like it's off at a fundamental level. And I agree with cutting open the body is crazy, let alone people who do it voluntarily, like for, you know, facelifts or breast augmentation, or I want to cut off my dick today. Like all that is just crazy to me. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. How are you today? my I friend? Am, I'm good. I'm good. Um, interestingly enough, so um, I'm outside of where I have been staying for the past two weeks since returning from my trip uh, because I'm up here because Christy's father is in the hospital and we came and saw him literally like two hours ago. I was in a hospital and I'm just like with the lens, which you and I are just talking about, like, I'm just looking at everything. Like I'm coming in and they're like, we're going to need to see your ID. I'm like, wow, I'm a visitor. I'm like, can I see your ID? <laughs> like everything about it. Like I'm being just like, I'm just being like, uh, my, my, my approach tends to be a little bit less, um, uh, uh, antagonist in that I'm just being silly like that, but like looking at the, 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 the medical realm and what they do and like the, the propaganda of the use of the word healing and all that sort of stuff. So that's where I am today. That's, that's where I am today. That's what I'm coming into this meeting with. Oh, that's interesting that you and I are both coming in with this like medical thing. Yeah. Did, did you the last time I've been in a hospital? No, not yeah. at all. Were, did they let you in without ID? No, I showed my ID. Like, I just gave the lady a hard time. Like, I don't... I, Thank I, you. Thank uh, you for that, at least. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, like, I, I'm really easy. Like, I'm like, I, I have a great deal of sympathy for people who are asleep. I have... I probably don't have anywhere near as much sympathy no, as you have. I don't think have. you do either. Sometimes I wish I had a little bit more of your fire. But that being said, I do recognize the value of what's the aim here and do I need to create obstacles every step of the way, but I appreciate that you at least pushed back because I went to dinner uh, two nights ago and they bring me this machine 
And I'm like, no, just bring me a printed check. And he's like, we can't do that. And I'm like, excuse me? I don't want to touch this machine. And he's like, sorry, it's all we have. And I said, well, I'd tip you more if you would give me a printed check. I'm like, I'm really, it's really creepy and like bullying that you're standing here looming over me waiting for me to tip you. And he's like, what would you like me to do? I'm like, I'd like you to leave. Um, so he left and I've been messaging the owner of the restaurant, but it's just like, everyone just so easily acquiesces. Okay, 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 just accelerate the move into the transhumanist, fascist, ridiculous future, you know? So- Did you pay for the meal? I did pay for the meal, but I don't wanna be forced to interact with the computer. Right to pay for a meal and I don't like the status flip. I waited tables for 15 years, like of standing there waiting for some, you know, waiting for me to tip, like go away, give me my space, have some decorum, like have some freaking dignity, get out of my face. Um, so this goes back to uh, what we're talking about with the, with the FOVID. Like, yes. That's one of the biggest, one of the biggest, in my opinion, like it was so much bigger like the 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 medical aspect or the sick aspect or whatever like that secondary was all about like the further acceptance of technology but primarily through restaurants like that was the real thing that happened like every like the whole thing with like the the door dash or the delivery food like everything went that way right and they had and everyone had to use the interaction uh, QR codes, which had been um, uh, uh, resisted by the majority of people, uh, not necessarily out of um, of of like any reason other than the they were just confused. Like the typical person was confused by a QR code, so they rejected it. But the QR code became like the menu and became the this and like just like what you're saying. Like that was the that that to me was the the biggest societal at least on the surface benefit of that, of the flovid of the fovid, whatever you call it. Um, and yeah, I don't, uh, I don't even remember. How do we start talking about like the check? However we got there, like, yes, like, I don't like. Pushing, being this, being the squeaky wheel. Like I oh, appreciate the that. squeaky wheel. Yeah. yeah. Like pushing back against why do you need to see my ID to visit someone? Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you did that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, she said like there was like an id like well here's my id i'm like well can i see your home address i thought that i didn't actually say that but i was thinking i really want to be a stickler like that's how i would have been a stickler yeah she's like she's like an old grandmother she's like i mean she's a ball buster grandmother because that's why she chose that job but or that volunteer position but um you know it's 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 uh th th so this is this is a strange thing for me this is one of the ways I frame my strange reality is I have um, I have a, a, a really strong resonance with this idea of what we'll call special forces. OK, right? like I don't have a military background. I don't have a family from military. I never like, you know, I never had like that G.I. Joe sort of programming was strong in my in at least my conscious mind. Um but there's a certain thing about special forces, which like, you know, it, it speaks in the background of my mind. And I'm very particular about my bags. I love bags. Like bags are a thing for me. And I know so, there's a, so, so there's a, um, 
the, 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 the backpack, which I use a very specific type of backpack. And it's like in the world of like backpacks, it's like considered the best backpack in the world. And there's a lot of reasons why, but who makes it? Uh, go rock. So okay. go look at it. Go look at the Go Rep 21. You'll see it's top, the best backpack in the history of backpacks for a thousand reasons, both design wise, material wise, and so forth. But where I'm going with all of this, like I was, when I was, when I went to finally get uh, this backpack. Um, Did you pay retail? Down, I'm sorry. Did you pay retail? Yep. Few things I'll pay retail for, but I would pay the things I pay retail for for a very specific reason. This one I was like, I'm paying retail for. It was between that and there's a brand of bags which comes out of San Francisco, which is called Mission Workshop, I believe. Okay. And like both of these are like really, really like high end bags. Like, like imagine spending like, and this is like five years ago, like 300 bucks for a backpack. Well, my friend Robert Forte has one of those Patagonia, like black shiny ones, which I think is kind of up there. And it was the first time I ever saw a bag that I was like, oh, what is that? And they're like crazy expensive. So this, so this is boutique bags, like boutique bag people roll their eyes at the Patagonias. But anyway, but anyway. Okay, okay. my well, apologies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the mission, I think it's Mission Workshop. So it, that came from San Francisco um, bike messenger culture. All right. And so they're like, I was debating between which one to get, blah, blah, blah. I've got all these different reasons to get them. But at the end of the day, I chose the, the, the Go Ruck bag because it, the, the founder of the company was like a special forces guy that has this special forces type of, of history. And in my mind, it's like when I wear it, like I'm kind of tapping into this like special forces type of energy. And so when you boil down what is special forces, so like there's this idea, at least in my mind, because I'm not special, like I'm not, I've been trained in special forces. I've just seen the movies. I've just seen what they tell me about it. But like there's this quality. What is special forces? I don't even know what it is. So within the military, like these special forces that do special stuff because they got special skills, like, you know, they'd be like the, the Delta Force or the, the I don't know. They get dropped off. So imagine being dropped off behind enemy lines and you're on your own. And it's like the skills are you have to be you have to be self self-sufficient. You have to be adaptable. You have to be able to go and improvise like you don't know what you're you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Like that's a special, special, special type of person. They have to be like very like is strong mentally as they are physically, all these different things. So that's always spoken to me like immensely and I got that bag because like when I put my bag on I'm stepping into my special forces but the question is the question is like well what sort of special for what, what are you talking about like what what special forces it's because this is what I think that at the end of the day like these are the stories that I tell myself which allow <laughs> to get to get through it all and I think that probably you and, and the similar ones like what I'm going to describe I think fits us all is like there's some of us who are these special forces folks and we're dropped off wherever here is. I don't know where here is. Like, I don't I don't believe in flat earth or fake earth or round earth because I don't think this is earth at all. Whatever this realm is, we're here. That I know. And everyone else is like thinking something else. And we see something very differently. And we are behind enemy lines and we're doing something. And we are quite literally, whatever this whole sort of experiment, whatever this whole life is, we are the special forces. And so like going into the, to the hospital and not going and just like like creating like a huge scene as part of my special 
forces type of approach to what this is. And so this goes back to like what you do, what I do, what other people who do what we do. And it's like this slowly, this slow, methodical, piece by piece deconstruction of the dream, of the hypnosis, whatever word we want to use, which has everyone like falling, you know, I don't use the word victim, but maybe that's what it is. Victim of like whatever the Pied Piper is of this realm. Like, you know, and so that's us being special forces. That's why I got the special forces bag. So I could tap into the special forces frequency so we can do our special forces thing. Do you take on a different persona when you have your special forces bag on? Is there, are there other elements that go along with it? So I don't think I do. Mm -hmm. But the people who are close to me, they will tell you I do. I think I'm always the same person, but apparently what happens is I change. So I change in the moment to meet my surroundings with so much fluidity that to me, it just feels totally normal. But to anyone who kind of knows me from a certain perspective and they're watching me, they're like, I just saw you switch. I just saw you switch. And does it, I want to know what they're, what they're witnessing in the switch. Like if there's more of a like badass quality, if you're more prepped, like, do they give you any details or is it just. It it depends. depends. Like sometimes, like sometimes like, uh, 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 what's been called is my punk ass nature. Okay. Like a punk. Like I get like a big attitude, but sometimes I'm really sweet. I'm real easy. I don't know, but it's just like, I fit this. I fit this situation. Like when I was in, when I was living in Baltimore when I was living in the hood in Baltimore, that was definitely a different type of vibe I had to carry than like all sorts of different places. So it's like, but it always feels natural to me. Like it always feels in the moment. It always feels like, I don't ever feel like I'm putting something on. Right. No, but I recognize that externally if you're watching it it probably could appear that way and i'm i think at least internally i'm always laughing of course of course i mean i have various personas that i'll put on in different costs like i think this might be one of my special forces shirts because i always pair it with my um like miami mob boss cuban rings okay and i take the attitude when i wear this shirt that like I'm the mob boss. I'm going to take care of everything. Everyone kind of has to bow to me. <laughs> All right. So I'll do the same thing with hats. So I can, I can appreciate that. Yeah. There's definitely certain shirts. Like there, there's costume. Like there's a certain, there's a certain thing that there's a power in costume. Totally a power in costume. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could stay on this topic all day. And what are we talking about today? I know you took a big road trip. And some mystery came together, unfolded. All right. So we're, we're and, and we met in person. We, did we, we met not? in person for we the first time. In person. We, so like, so, so that happened. So how deep are we into this conversation? We haven't even talked about why we're having this conversation. No, but you know, we get to do it however we want to, because yeah, we're all I, making I, it like, up. I always... <laughs> all right. So, um, from I, I I was on a 33 night road trip and went cross country, went from California or from Pennsylvania to California and back. And then I went home for like four or five days. Then we went up to Maine for 10 days. Then we came back. So now, so like that has been more or less the summer and a lot of like, 
like this was my first cross country road trip. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. what, let me ask you this. Like you say that with surprise. What of, of the population, what percentage of the population you think has ever done a cross country road trip? I have no idea. I think I just assume that people who roll again, an assumption the way I do are more prone to road tripping than ever other forms of travel. I don't know. You, you strike me as someone who doesn't need a lot of like fancy luxuries. It's going to be a, a little more down to earth and more curious about like, um, the off the beaten path. And I certainly like fancy luxuries. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, I was just assuming but I'm, but I'm not, I'm not beholden to them. I'm certainly mm -hmm. not beholden to them. Um, I certainly like road trips. I've just never taken a cross country road trip. Okay. And that's been in my, I would say like 20% at best has taken a cross country road trip. I've road tripped in, across many countries. Well, you are a very unique individual. Like you okay. fall, and this is true for a lot of us. Like we assume what's no normal for us, like we apply to other people, right? Yeah. And so true. I'm going to say, like, no, that, like, there's a there's a small percentage of the of the population who are like you, and I would say, you know, you would be in an extreme. And then, like you said, because you've road tripped across a lot of countries, um, but then even smaller than that, like who's even road tripped across their own country which they've lived in? And so I I think that's a smaller number. I'm going to say that's like 20 percent in today's age. In today's age. Like people taking road trips, like I've taken road trips. I love road trips, but I've never literally driven cross country before. Okay. Um, and like, that's only going to be limited to people who are at the country ends too. Like if you live in the Midwest, like, like it doesn't even make sense to do a cross country trip or like that opportunity hasn't presented itself. But I've always been aware of the cross country road trip. I've always kind of had it in my mind. And I've also had my own like reasons why I wasn't going to take it. Okay. Um. And then last year I was going to go take, uh, I was, I was settling. I was, I was, I was getting scared. I was getting um, ready to take one. And it was, I don't know if it was going to be complete road cross country, but it was going to go to at least to go see Emily in Austin. And that fell through the day that fell through. Mm -hmm. um, and then this year, like it, it, it emerged. Um, Christy was the driver of it. Uh, at first, it was just going to be going to go to New Mexico, and then it became something else. And and to be quite honest, the way I like to understand my reality is I like to allow I like to allow life to happen to make the first move, mm -hmm. and I respond to it. And that way, to me, it feels a little bit less contrived. Okay. All right. Um, so, I, I, I feel similarly as well, like some sort of sign or clue or invitation or movement. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really like some people I think are, are really so if you want to use this astrological, like some people got like all this cardinal energy. I'm going to go about and start this thing. I'm like, that's not really what I do really well. What I do immensely well is I respond. I respond really well. So I always like that that secondary thing. So anyway, so. I took a road, a thirty-three night, a thirty-three night cross-country road trip. Um, part of it planned, like part of those nights were planned out. A lot of it, like unfolded as it went, and I came into it with an understanding of the 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 mythos behind that cross-country journey 
And like, you know, I mean, and we theoretically us as nomadic people on wherever this is like, you know, we, we all understand like the, the, or have a history in, in, in roving. Um, and so this became something really, really, I knew I was going to be stepping into something. I was going to be looking for it, but I did not know what, what it was going to be. So, um, there are a couple of things I want to talk to you about that that trip today, and specifically, I want to go to to New Mexico. Okay, right? because you're in New Mexico. I'm here, allegedly. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, I'm not the sort of person who, like, some people are like, I got to go here. Like, before I die, in my bucket list, I'm going to go to Antarctica. Or I'm going to go to something like that. Like, my mind, I just don't think that way. My brain doesn't think that way. Do you have uh, any, Do you have a bucket list at all? Okay. No, like I don't, I don't know. And specifically not for locations with one, with one, with one exception. And that one exception was New Mexico. I've always wanted to go to New Mexico. I don't friggin' know why I've been to Arizona. I've been to Colorado, been to Texas and Nevada, been all around it. Like that part, that general part of the world. But there's something like in my mind about New Mexico, which I'm always like, what, who put this in my mind? I don't know. Um, and the trip began because I, because I have friends who live in a small town in New Mexico. And I said last fall to Chris, I was like, yeah, I'd like to go see my friends in New Mexico. And I've said that for many years and it's never happened. And she like held me to it. She's like, all right, we're going to go. And then she turned into the trip to California. Like that's how it, it occurred. But, but the point I'm trying to make is I've always had a calling. I've never, I don't have callings anywhere else but to New Mexico. And I don't even know why. It's not like there was anything I wanted. All I wanted to know really is to know what the air felt like on my skin. What did it feel like on your skin? Really good. Um, so this is, so so the, the the trip goes, I knew that it was going to be like a, a, a strange mystical trip, but you can't really plan those, but you need to start with something. So like the trip was already put in the works by Christy. Um, I knew something was going to unfold. I knew the mythos of road trips. I knew about New Mexico, all of that. I'm like, but how are we going to really ground it? So where are we grounded? We're saying that at least we're going to go and do this. We started the trip with the conscious thought of we're leaving from the Susquehanna River, which is a big part of like a lot of the research I've done in the past. And we're going to do this ancient practice, which is like ancient people would take either stones and or water from like one river and they put it into another as they travel as a way of like weaving together lives and life with with the realm in which they're having their life within. So that was the idea. And so we took Susquehanna River water and we began um as we were going from east to west we we emptied that river water into a river and then we would replace those bottles with the river we were in and so forth so that was kind of like the grounding knowing that that was going to um that was or at least in my mind like that was going to be the foundation in which something else is going to be able to happen uh the other part which this was was within the Susquehanna mystery, the the secret name or the hidden name or the occultic name of the Susquehanna River is Sequana, okay? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is within, um, within the Celtic history of what we call Europe, 
uh, and this was a culture of river goddess worship. It was a culture of river goddess worship. Um, the high river goddess was called Sequana. And the modern, the current river, which we call the Seine, the one that goes through France and Paris, like that used to be called Sequana before it was um, uh, during the, it's, it's linked to Julius Caesar in the Roman Empire. They changed the name to, they Latinized uh, Sequana to Seine. So there's a there's a whole. I'm just curious, um, I, and I'm guessing you you and Emily have linked um, Susquehanna to Santa Susanna Pass. I haven't. No. Okay, we'll we'll bookmark that for another. We'll bookmark time. that. Yeah. So the second part was so I know there's a whole bunch of links between the Susquehanna and Sequana or the Seine from all these different levels, and by name I all, I know that Susquehanna is really a. a uh, uh, um, a cover, if you will, or a, uh, a cape for Sequana. So what we, what the trip turned out to be is we were going from Sequana to Sequoia because we're going to Sequoia National Forest. And so like Sequana representing like, if we want to get into like, kind of like more of like the, 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 the alchemical sort of, um, uh, storyline like you know sequana being feminine divine earthly feminine and sequana or sequoia being the tall trees the tallest trees being the masculine and we could hear phonetically how tightly they they link so so our entire journey is kind of linked upon these ancient practices and upon this like alchemical sort of stuff but to be quite honest like i i like i like my stuff a little bit weirder than that okay all right but i need to start somewhere okay so I'm going to cut to the chase because I could spend hours talking about the different chapters of the story, but I'm going to go straight to the, um, I'm going to go straight to the New Mexico, to the New Mexico um, and conspiratorial sort of um, uh, part of, of this story. So um, one of the things which, which me and Emily uh, and probably other people find very intriguing is uh, toponymy. Is that am I pronouncing it correctly? Like the the naming of places. So okay. mystical toponymy, like this is like James Shelby Downard sort of stuff. And so that's going to come into play here in New Mexico. So we're going to begin with, with New Mexico, this place which has been calling me. Like I set up like this, this whole journey based upon this like alchemical, magical sort of thing, not knowing what's going to happen. Going to New Mexico. And I didn't realize this until I arrived in New Mexico. And you go and you see on the license plates, and there's like the, the motto on the license plates. And what and what is that motto? Do you know which one I'm talking about? The land of enchantment. The land of enchantment. And what does enchantment mean? Um I suck at quizzes, but I assume it has uh, yeah, and, and I love to put people on, on pop quiz, but you don't have to answer because I know the answer. Okay. I asked you the question. The truth is I know the answer, but I don't want to just come right out. So it's like, it's a false question because I really don't want you to answer. I want to tell the answer, but I wanted to act like you were involved. How about that? Thank you. That's a total, thanks for the like, theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say so thanks for the theater. Just go right to it. All right. So definition number one will be like, uh, when we think of something as enchanting, like kind of like, a, a, I don't even know what the definition is, but enchanting. But the second definition, definition number two is what we're interested in. And it means, uh, uh, the state of being under a spell. Okay. The state. So what is New Mexico? A state. Okay. So the, the literal definition is the state of being underneath a spell. So New Mexico is the state. So this is a double entendre of being under a spell. So we just know that. So this gives us like this, this 
backdrop of like, what am I stepping into, right? Mm -hmm. What is this land? So how the trip unfolded was uh, we go, we, 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 we go um, through the new river. We do the, the Mississippi river, we cross the Mississippi. And as soon as we get across the Mississippi, we drive through Arkansas and we arrive one night. This is like, I think the third night we, we go to, um, Oklahoma. And this is the first time I've literally felt like the Western air on my skin. First part of the trip is just like typical high, humid East Coast weather. What I'm accustomed to, which, which I'm not, you know, it's, I didn't realize how much I could not wait to take that coat off until I felt that Tulsa air. And it was like midnight. It was like 105 degrees. I'm like, I can't believe how good this feels. And all the Tulsa folks are like, you're nuts. But anyway, so that was my first taste. But um, from Oklahoma, uh, we were going to we were driving to New Mexico and we took a little bit of a of a um, of a what, what, what's it take? What's it called? Sure. A detour. Thank you, travel wizard. And we go, to this right. <laughs> we go to this place called um, I think it was called uh, Medicine Lake, Oklahoma. OK, it sounded great, but it was kind of like it was it was it was it was, it was adult. It was a dump. It was it was Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma's first resort. Uh, but anyway, so we go there. But the point of it, the reason why I'm bringing that up is it took us off of our path. It took us off Route 40. I believe we're on Route 40 and took us much further south. And so from that point, we had we cut through like Texas, you know, all these back roads, all this sort of stuff happens. OK, and we enter into New Mexico from this kind of like weird angle. And we didn't know where we we're going to stay. And it was like kind of like two, we missed our window to get an Airbnb. And we're looking for like a campsite where we could camp. And we find a campsite. We find a campsite just over the Texas border in the northeast section of New Mexico. And it's called Oasis State Park. So we pull in there like at midnight and we set up, we set up like a tent and like, uh, and it felt so good. And I couldn't believe how much I loved it. Like I sat out, like once we did that, like underneath the sky and I was thinking in my mind, I was thinking all of this stuff in my mind, like, I can't believe I'm here. I was called here. It smelled so good. It felt so good. Um, and so the next day we, we drive to my friend's house who, who live another five hours away. They live in a small town called Daddle, D-A-T-I-L. And I wasn't driving. Christy was driving. I'm looking at it. Hold up. Hold up. Daddle is a weird name for a town in New Mexico. That breaks all the molds. Did you look into that name? Yes. And someone told me why it's that. And perhaps that'll pop in. Okay. And, and maybe we'll go back to that. So this is when it starts to click. This is when it starts to click. This like land of enchantment, this land under a spell. Okay. And I'm not necessarily saying New Mexico is under a spell. I'm going to go and suggest that New Mexico is the land in which the spell is created because it is a land to hold the spell. Okay. Mm, that resonates. All right? Like I'm not saying like, oh, the borders of New Mexico has all the people. In it. No, the B New Mexico land, whatever that is, is being used just by that naming of it as like, this is the holder of the spell, which we're all feeling. So, okay. So I'm in Oasis Park and, and the way which I understand things is like, well, by happenstance, like that was the whole reason why I'm telling you, like we went to this, like this, this detour, we go to this place because it brought us off the normal path that brought us in this other place. We had to find Oasis, which makes me go and look at the area. And we are just like 
we are um, a couple miles south of a small town because we we wanted to look for a place where you could get like, you know, is there a good coffee shop nearby where you could get coffee in the morning? And the closest town was called Clovis. Are you familiar with Clovis, New Mexico? I've heard of it, but I haven't spent time there. Okay. Do you know why Clovis, New Mexico is important? No. In the grand dream of the reality, which they go and they paint. Okay. Have you ever heard of, I guess this would be considered, um, is it anthropology? Yeah, anthropology is the study of cultures, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Have you ever heard of the Clovis culture? No. Okay. So from uh, archaeology, that's what I'm looking for. So archaeology. Anthropology is the, Okay. But, but I'm talking archaeology. I'm combining the two. So archaeology, they talk about the Clovis period and the Clovis culture. And so this is a period which archaeologists use to describe a period of life on what we call North America. And it is indicated by like those flint made tools. Like when you see like the like the sharp points and like that's called Clovis culture. Okay. Is it relegated to a specific time period or does yes. it? Co- okay. Yes. Okay. A time period and a place. And they're said to be the first inhabitants of North America. So from mainstream, like, oh, I'm just kind of like, I'm an I'm a archaeologist. I'm a, I understand reality. Like I'm into science and I'm into the mainstream. And I want to understand the stuff because I go to college and I go to university and I want to be grounded in reality. And this is what they told me. This is what the system told me to understand my reality. That the very first inhabitants of North America, they crossed the Bering Straits and they formed this thing called the Clovis culture. Okay. okay mainstream archaeology mainstream archaeology all right the term clovis culture comes from clovis new mexico okay it's not that they have the same phonetic sounding names when you go and you look at the history so this is where clovis comes from so so apparently like in the 1930s some dude goes and finds some like a cache of 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 all of these like these special tools and then oh there's the clovis culture they lived with woolly mammoths and giant bison like like the whole story the story and this is why i'm talking about like a spell like this is like a picture for people to hold in their minds like there's no such thing as Monday. We There's like, you know, there's no real time. All of these things are dream mechanisms so that in consciousness, because this is just a consciousness experience, that you can picture that this land that you call the United States was originally inhabited by these people, which they're calling the cliffs. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. These are dreams. Mm-hmm. These are hypnotic implants, not ju- just so people can hold a picture of this is where reality comes from. Mm-hmm. The idea of Clovis culture is highly controversial. Why? Controversial meaning like not everyone believes that's true. They're like, like other like academics are like, no, there's another theory. This is what happened. And like, like, no, it's not bearing straights and like all this sort of stuff. I don't give a shit about those details. What I, what I'm pointing out is this is a story which no one is ever going to be able to know for truth or fact. It's along those lines, it's irrelevant. The only thing that matters about it is it creates a picture in consciousness so people can say, oh, this is who we are and this is how we got here. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what matters. 
doesn't matter what it is. This is how you create dreams and control dreams. Like it doesn't matter what the dream is, as long as I control the dream, just like it doesn't matter if there's a real thing about Flovid or not. It's like the fact that you think there is. The fact that you think that by me breathing near you, you are under attack. Like that's what, so, okay. So the idea, this is where we get into mystical toponymy. Okay. The idea of this story and this word is linked to the physical land right there. Okay. So imagine as a stake point. Okay. I've got this idea that the first inhabitants that were on North America were on this land, which we're calling like, you know, the mystical land. So hold this for a moment. Okay. Done. 60 miles to the Southwest. We find the town of Roswell. <laughs> it's the fakest what? It's not what, even so weird. What does Roswell do? Take away from real or fake. Go to the dream. The dream of Roswell introduces other type of being. So now we've got this other type of being linked into the collective consciousness, lie into a land, and that's of aliens. So now I've got like these fake people who lived 10,000 years ago in North America, and I'm picturing them in the land of enchantment right here. Oh, this is where it all began. No one thinks this way because it's all in the background. So then we've got like this whole sort of thing with like, now we've got the aliens, the alien autopsy. Like who cares if the aliens were like demons or like whatever you want to call it in the past. Like the modern story of the alien is linked to the 1950s like craze of UFOs and all of that tied to this 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 like Roswell uh, uh, incident, which got a new birth in the 1970s through In Search of a TV show, which gives us like the Mayan story. All of these stories are like linked into this land at the same place. I'm so curious about your physical experience of being on the land in Clovis and what you felt and intuited and how it felt to be in Roswell, New Mexico and what you picked up there. All right. I did not go to Roswell. I just looked on a map and I'm like, I'm in the same part of the world in the same state. Uh, as I indicated a little bit earlier in our conversation, like, um, for better or worse, my internal systems are so fluid that everything always feels like homeostasis. So you didn't get an, like any inklings in Clovis of like, this is where the first civilization was. There's no, some- not at all. No, okay. No, no. so I, I, I can't really, tr uh, you know, if we want to go in insight into my navigation of my system, I can't really trust my navigation system because I, I blend so easily with everything. Like got someone it. who's got a very, very like um, clear set of their internal system, like they can feel shifts, which I don't feel. So yeah. what I've developed very, very strongly is the ability to read. Got it. Like, so mine is like, that's why I need that second. Like, you know, I say like, I need something to work off of because like if I'm working off of this, I just become, I'm like a chameleon. I become what I'm around. So that's not my, my means of understanding. My means of understanding has to come from my surroundings, whether that's another human being, whether it's the history or what have you. So like what, what I will say is I liked being there. Like I liked okay. the way the air smelled. 
but I like the way flowers smell anywhere. Like I can find something I like, like preferences don't matter to me. I, you know, it's like I have my preferences, but I don't put much weight upon them. But what I saw was first. So what I'm seeing is I was drawn into New Mexico. Like I had an internal sense that I wanted to be there. I don't know why, but there was not at a particular time, but just that I wanted to be there. This has been something I've carried. And then when I get there, I begin to see all of this, like it fits into my understanding of reality, particularly of the how the dream is crafted i'm so interested in craft and how the dream is crafted is because when you understand how the dream is crafted you can deconstruct it part of being special force is going around and seeing like this is how we deconstruct it and so like this is it like i'm showing people like this is behind the curtain this is how the sausage is made so, so I see the Roswell, I see, I see Clovis, like the same idea. These are just pictures in people's minds. Like, like, like they don't have, they're no one's thinking about this consciously. Like that's the power of subliminal. That's the power of the stuff in the back of the mind that it becomes the reality. No one thinks like, oh, there's a real thing is Monday. And I'm, 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 I'm believing in Monday. Like, no, you just naturally just accept that there's a thing that's Monday and people all around the world accept that it's Monday. And today's when I go to work and today's when the banks open. And this is what everything's built upon. It doesn't matter what the thing is. It matters how it works. So I'm seeing two big things happen right there. So I'm holding this. I go out West a whole bunch of other interesting things happen. And and like those could be really cool stories, but I want to go back to New Mexico. I come back to New Mexico and uh, probably 12 days later, it's almost two weeks later, and it wasn't a specific amount of time. And I was planning, Christy and I were planning on staying in, in Santa Fe, but that fell through and we ended up staying in, a an Airbnb just south of Santa Fe in the town of Madrid. And we pull into to Madrid on July 21st, I believe it was. It was a Friday. And it was a day in which the movie Oppenheimer was released. Mm. Okay. So the movie Oppenheimer takes like the 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 gist of it or like at least the setting of it is los alamos new mexico mm-hmm. okay and it's telling quite possibly a third story a third dream and what is that dream like i don't know if this is true or not but there's a whole bunch of people that says there's no such thing as a nuclear bomb like all idea of nuclear bombs is just like what one more boogeyman one more like germ theory one more this is eternal damnation in hell one more thing you will never know for certain but you will spend your entire life in the back of your mind never totally being at ease because at any given point whether it's kim jong the third or whether it's like stalin or whoever like the bad guy is at the moment he could drop a nuclear bomb and even if you're outside of like the radius of it the the fallout's gonna get you Like these are boogeyman sort of ideas. And that story is tied also to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so, but now it's a little bit more personal. Like Roswell, I don't care about Roswell. Like I've never been an alien guy. Like that's never, I've just never had, I've never had any skin in that game. I don't care. And the Clovis and that, like I got no skin in that game. I don't care. Christopher Nolan films. I've got a really, really strange history personally 
with Christopher Nolan films. Like somehow what happens in his films falls through to my personal life in a very strange way. And so because of that, I am acutely aware of his films and I pay attention to them with a greater degree of detail than I would anything else, particularly in popular culture. And I knew that he was he was doing a movie about Oppenheimer and I knew it was coming out, but I'm so far removed from normal mainstream occurrences that it was news to me that it was released on the, the day that we rolled in on Madrid. Like I just happened to like, I was doing research on Madrid when I found out like the whole thing about, about the Oppenheimer film. So the fact that as, as I indicated to you before that I've always like for years, I don't know how long, but for years I've been wanting to go to New Mexico and I never have. And I, I almost went to it the year before and that kind of fell through. And then it was like all these things sort of happened and blah, 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 blah. And out of happenstance, I happened to arrive by pure timing on the very day that the biggest story, at least in pop culture, which I often like to use as a navigation tool, is all about the place which I'm living, or at least visiting, because Madrid was a coal mining town which supplied coal to Los Alamos, like mm -hmm. it was just 30 miles away. So I know that there is a divine timing element, which is a seemingly random because I didn't plan this, but at the same time, like completely like, like linked up with all of my hot buttons as I step into this mystery, this, this land of enchantment, which we call New Mexico. So that was a whole bunch of stuff I just said. I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to allow you to like do your thing. <laughs> I don't have anything, although I, I'm really bummed that you didn't. I mean, I'm grateful that you didn't waste your precious life force or gas going to Roswell, but I wish you had been there so that we could deconstruct how fake it is. It's like um, if the CIA told a couple interns, set up a town and they didn't like check their work and they just gave them a lot of leeway. Like it's that kind of slapdash and poorly put together and you know almost like a like remember peewee's big adventure that park with like the dinosaurs like that but like way sloppier um and nothing seems to flow there so i just wish you'd had the experience so we could compare but and please continue so well i'll say as it relates to that um roswell from what I gather, has turned into a magnet for a certain type of consciousness. Like a, the pe people go there, right? It's like kind of in the middle of nowhere, and a lot of people go there. They make they make voyages there for whatever reason. Like maybe some of them are like tongue in cheek, like we're going to go to Roswell because it's like a kitschy thing kind of to do, or maybe I'm going to go to Roswell because I think they, I don't know what it is, but what I do know is there's probably a very, very specific, maybe like two or three different archetypes or personality types or profiles. Let me use the word profiles of what, of who and what is going to go to Roswell. Okay. Right? I mean, that, that, like that, that makes sense, right? Like people well, who go are there. They? Like, huh? 
Who are they? Who are they? I don't know. Like, like, like probably a certain level of main, like mainstream alternative person. I don't know. But what I do know is that if I wanted to capture, you know, if I wanted to do a mixture of human consciousness and land, I will be I would be able to go and 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 do that right there. Like I know that that actually happens, whether like like those two things are occurring, a certain type of person is arriving there. And it is pretty clear, it is pretty clear to um whoever created that Pee-wee's big adventure type of of environment, like like you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go and 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 say that's probably part of the profile is that it is going to attract like there's certain people there's certain adults there's certain like you know fully grown human beings who when they go on their 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 two week allotted vacation they want to go to disney world right they go to disneyland they go to orlando and that fits a certain sort of person whether you want to brave new world it and call them like the betas or the deltas like because they had a certain amount of whatever like that person who's a little bit more uh uranus you know a little bit more wacky has a little bit more of the 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 uranus archetype if we want to tie it into astrology maybe that's the person uh, who's going to go and they're going to have their 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 version that's what roswell does for that person so let me give you my take on roswell first of all it would do it would be well served if it were were kitschier and it were more like peewee's big adventure it wasn't but here's when i go to a new town i want to see first their natural food store and second i want to go thrifting because Um, thrifting tells me who's there, what they're letting go of, what they're reading, like what the vibe is. Um, the Goodwill in Roswell had nothing vintage. It was just cheap shit. So it's odd to me when a town, like there's nothing used in this town. It's just from the past 10 years, like passing on their Target and Walmart shit. So that was number one thing. It felt... It didn't feel real. Like it, I didn't, there was nothing to like drop into. And there was one restaurant, which was kind of like the main restaurant. And the way I was seated was I could see when people would go to the bathroom. And um, there was like um, kind of an L-shaped wall where people would go to the bathroom. And I made the same mistake that I watched every single other person make, which was there was an arrow pointing this way. And then underneath in small letters, it said the bathroom is not here. But everyone went where the arrow was pointing, right? Because that's just general, um, like how we've all been entrained to follow signs. Like there's an arrow, but it said, and so I watched everyone go where the arrow was pointing to only realize that they made a mistake and it was the other way. And I watched this happen enough times that I was just like, why would why would they set it it seemed it seemed like a test like an intelligent test there was something going on that was like this doesn't make sense that this is their setup um so those were the pieces that just had me feeling like this is kind of a a put together artificial 
um, imitation of what a town might be like. And I've also heard that everything that happened in Roswell actually happened in Truth or Consequences, but the forward-facing story is Roswell. Uh, all right. So first, what's the name of that restaurant? I don't remember. But was it was like, like Asian why, why, food? Why did you like? Was it like? Uh, um, it was like. Was I mean, it the it, only restaurant in town. It wasn't the only restaurant, but this happens a lot traveling through New Mexico, where like it's not the greatest cuisine options. Um, right. So with, you know, whatever three or four restaurants that were available, it was the one that had like the most reviews, the most, you know, okay. like go, okay. right, there was right, a push right, right, right. to go here. And the food, and, I got, and I got food poisoning, by the way. There we go. Okay. Okay. That was, that was the bioweaponry. Um, how you describe that sign is how I would describe the whole Roswell phenomenon. Okay. Like a huge arrow and it's like, but this is not where there's anything. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And so again, this is like, so there is this whole area, right? Really from like the, I guess you'd call it the Southwest, mm -hmm. like New Mexico to maybe Los Angeles, like close, like there's probably a mountain chain. I don't know what it is like, but uh, that area is all military industrial complex, mm -hmm. Right. It's not just military industrial complex. It is primarily Air Force military industrial complex. Okay. Okay. There, there, there's something like the the. So, and and before I go into that, I want to talk about um, truth or consequences, New Mexico. Um, the idea of mystical toponymy. Mm -hmm as a phrase was introduced to the modern collective mind through the works of James Shelby Downard in his King Kill 33, and then um, double downed with Michael Hoffman's Psychological Warfare and, si and Secret Societies, a book that came out, I think, in 2001. And both of them use Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, specifically as like major, major uh, 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 implications of the killing of the king ritual, which is happened on the 33rd parallel, which uh, was a JFK story. And then also the destruction of primordial matter, which happened at the Trinity site. So like, like talking about truth and consequences of being like, you know, this is the real underpinning amongst like the, the Disneyfication of Roswell, Clovis and Los Alamos, like that makes sense to me. Like there's like, there's like, there's something, what you think is going on is not what's going on, but there's like a, there's a carnival there for you to watch. So, so that makes sense to me. So, all right. Dry, the first trip through uh, New Mexico. So there was like the, the night in Oasis. I spent three nights in Dadel. Um, I think that Dadel had something to do with, uh, Am I remembering this correctly? I think it, the name had to do with date trees. Could that be right? It might have to do with date trees. But anyway, um, drove through there, drove through Arizona. And then um, after three nights in New Mexico and slept um, in a free campsite in, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's spelled C-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-R-I-
um, Summit. It's in California. It's right by Desert Center off of, is it Highway 10 that links Phoenix to Los Angeles? It's The 10. The 10, is that what people go? Like, like exactly. Like, it's got a name. Like, the fact that you know, like, as locals, you're like, it's it, it's it's named different than other roads. Like, this is, like, these are mystical, like, whether you recognize it or not. Every time we call it something different than just whatever, like, you know, it it adds to it. And so, like, Phoenix. Phoenix has a, has a name or a, a meaning, as does, as, as does um, Los Angeles. So... There's this this campsite in this place. I can't remember. It's called Scirocco Summit, maybe. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. And there is in right on the the 10, like on the exit, is the the General George Patton Museum. Okay. So it is named, like there is a stake in the ground of like military industrial complex of of um George Patton, like he's probably one of a handful of like brand name generals, which is really in the collective consciousness who people know. They made a movie about him. I believe it won Best Picture. Like this is all Hollywood magic. This is, plays along with like the same sort of mentality. So this is named right there. We're staying there. And it's just in the shadow of Joshua Tree National Park. So I go and I make this, I, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about, um, like Joshua Tree, like in terms of like collective consciousness and the control of 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 humanity through popular culture, like there's pro like you could argue going back and forth, what has the bigger influence, music or movies? And historically, going back to like ancient China, Confucius, I believe, was the one who said, like, if you when you control the music of a culture, you control the culture. So like, like that was way before for movies. So it makes me think cult music is the biggest one. And so but also like, movies wouldn't work without music, with that, you know, that emotional manipulation running through them. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button, for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging coaching and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me 
or by way of Venmo, where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.